Texas not is New a one-party consent state, so I don't think I have For to. all things or just the phone call thing? <laughs> For all things. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm moving to Texas now. So, are you ready? Yes. Are we allowed to laugh? Yes. Well, I don't... No. No <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Only crying. I feel like I should do it again, but I don't want to. You can just cut that part. You can just cut that. No, use it! Which part am I cutting? The whole thing! I, w- I will cut you. I'm gonna so run to Walmart. I'll be right back. Flag. I'm in the middle of... You gonna interrupt me in the middle of my story? What he's, Did he say he's going to get water? Walmart, Walmart. <laughs> so he grabs the dude by the collar, and he gets right in his face, and he says, You don't dick with the duke. At which point, I, I couldn't <laughs> hold back any longer, and I just started laughing, and... I said, no one calls you the Duke, Andrew. Or Andy, as you guys, Andy Roddick, as you guys would know. (laughs) And I said, I know that you got that tattoo on your forearm, and you point to it every time you smash a forehand winner, but we're playing doubles ping pong, and it doesn't really lend itself to nicknames. And he didn't dick with you. He just said that your serve hit the net, which it did. And so, of course, like in typical Drew you know, fashion, he just grabbed his special case, put all the paddles in there, put all the balls in there, folded it up, took it out to his Jeep, came back in, folded up his net, folded up his table, and took that out to his Jeep and just peeled out of the parking lot. And I mean, to be honest, I think he like the, the bar table? owner was, what, I think the bar owner was a little relieved because that table barely fits inside there and no one could get anywhere near the bar while we're playing. So, anyway, Thomas, no, I don't think he's still coming on next week. He probably needs a few weeks we to pull him. off. Yeah, we lost him. We lost him, and his. So he's not coming on this week or next week. Oh, probably okay. probably a few weeks. Okay, well, let's just start them. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality, and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the Substandard Expanded Universe. You are listening to the Substandard Expanded Universe podcast. The SSEU or SBEU is your number one source for garbage opinions and hot takes on anything from film to politics and everything in between. You can find us in the megathread on Twitter using the hashtag SSEU where we give you a few free tweets and then ask you to subscribe to premium for a small fee your soul. The SSEU would not exist without the substandard. The pop culture nerdcast published by the Weekly Standard, which has been succeeded by the sub-beacon. The substandard taught us about Woodshop, Watches, Cinema Scores, Paul Thomas Anderson, Zack Snyder, John Wick, Traffic Cameras, Halloween Candy, Star Wars, Disney, Basement Favelas, The Greatness of Christopher Nolan, Michael Caine, Amazon, How to Mask a Movie Screen, Lego, Lepin, Duke Basketball, and much, much more. With me today, as usual, is Ryan and Chris. Hello, guys. Wow, that was an intro. It was. It's a intro. You can find old episodes of the SSEU podcast on sseupodcast.com. What else can you do, Chris? What else can you do? You can email us at sseupod on the at internet gmail.com using the internet can using you... a a mail client or a web browser or what else can you do on the app? internet is what he was asking. What other things There's can you do on, on the 
That's, that was my George Stanza <laughs> impression. Have yeah. I, have either of you seen the musical Avenue Q? Are you going to nope. ask us if we've seen the porn parody next? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, the the internet is for porn. It's a terrific song. Oh, I see. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, you should you should go I listen really, to that. I really, really want to just just move the conversation. Take your okay, dick and double click. Speaking of dicks, also with us today, the least annoying person on Twitter. The you S- have to wipe your computer off after you do that, though. <laughs> the SSEU poet in residence, Flag. Welcome back to the show. Hello, glad to be back. I also thought he was executive producer. Uh, Supposed, but he doesn't really do anything. He does, we just don't listen to him. Yeah, I give you all sorts of recommendations and texts and emails that are never (laughs) replied to. We do, and and we just, and we're always, I always think, oh, that's a good idea. And then after we record, I'm like, oh yeah, we forgot to do all that stuff Flag said we should do. So so Flag, you've been just, you've had a life-changing discovery this week, haven't you? You discovered the Bristol stool scale? Oh, I did. Yes, indeed. Indeed. That was life-changing in so many ways. Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to uh, to our friend Laura for bringing that to our attention. It's it's made me, you know, think about poop in a whole new way. That, that's good. Now, do you have friends who send you, since you're a doctor, do you have friends that send you their stool? Thankfully, no. Thankfully, no. They don't realize the, uh, okay. I know you're a big <laughs> fan of, of Leo Strauss. I was wondering if you had uh, an opinion on uh, Johan or Ricard Strauss. No Do you opinion. Have, like, a greater sign, lesser sign. Uh, Leo, I'm familiar with. Are Johan, you? not so much. This is the first I'm hearing of it. <laughs> I know who Leo is. Chris, do you want to fill him in? Yeah, I don't know. Well, Johan and Ricard are classical composers, and Ricard is actually quite a fantastic uh, classical composer. Johan is best known for the what's it what's it called the Danube Waltz or something. So these are not your favorite com- he's, composers. Oh no, Ricard is, he, is he's is, well is known for it, but it's not very good. You know what? Hang on a second. I'm pulling it up. Speaking of Ryan, you've not been updating the uh, Amazon playlist. Oh no, I haven't. I'll do that. It's called the Blue Danube. You guys know this song. Blue Bayou. <laughs> The Blue Danube. Oh, often, yeah, okay, yeah, I know, actually know this one. It's used in a lot of movies. This is getting really loud. Okay, are we done now? Good. Uh, so, Chris. Uh, are we done now (laughs) thank you Chris thank you that's enough now here's some Ricard Strauss I'm kidding (laughs) okay Uh, Chris uh, I understand that uh, you took a vacation this week it's not a vacation it was a clergy retreat so like a good vacation it was it was wonderful it was filling it was filled my cup so to speak it was great it was in the awful state of Wisconsin though the company was was worthwhile so I was away from my family for a few days um, and we had beautiful weather while I was gone I don't know like flag you're old flag you frequently find yourself becoming like becoming your father in weird ways like Uh, as in who turned up the thermostat that kind of stuff digging up his body wearing his skin (laughs) (laughs) no i don't no 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 all right well well so i i I got home about nine o'clock last night i guess it had been a beautiful day but it had had dropped down to 43 degrees uh probably gotten up to 60 but i come in and the windows are open in my house 43 degrees 
outside and the windows are open and I, I don't say anything, but I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to close these like this. This heat isn't free. I mean, cracked or wide open, Not open, just wide open. A little fresh air never hurt anyone. So did your wife open them or? Yeah. Did, okay. Yep. Yep. She, she wanted some fresh air and 43 degree temperatures. So did you make any kind of, are we trying to heat the neighborhood comment? I didn't, but like, th- that's what I'm talking about as far as like, sound like a cranky old dad. Um, that's that's kind of what I thought inside, but I, I've been married for almost 15 years, so like I, I don't know how to say the things that I think. You know that's impossible, though, right? What? You can't, you can't heat the neighborhood from your house. <laughs> oh, you could try. Now, were the children suffering? Were they shivering? Oh, well, <laughs> kids! Kids are impervious to cool temperatures. Really? Oh, oh yeah. That's a that's a good talent. Yeah. <laughs> you grew up in Chicago, right? I did su- suburbs. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, in the spring, you probably went without a coat and probably wore shorts when it got up to 30 degrees. It's a thing. Yeah, I suppose. You get 30? Uh, you know, only only if you're a little over-anxious. And I think 30s, yeah, it's a little excessive, but uh, maybe 50. Yeah. I, I believe that. Definitely. Versus... I remember Indiana Springs when it got into the 50s, and it was like shorts and T-shirt weather. Well, okay, so when it's 10 degrees, I see kids at the bus stop in town in shorts and T-shirt, no coat. Like it's 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 just part of the uh, culture. Like kids are. Yeah, what? no, no, Chris. You know why? Um, you know why? I actually know why. Why? They're inspired by Captain Marvel, and they they can just do anything. <laughs> no, they're inspired by that uh, that Wim Hof guy, that uh, breathing technique guy, the guy who climbed up two thirds of Everest wearing just shorts. And no shirt, no shoes. What? Did he, yeah, did, look did him he up. die? Wim, Wim, no, Wim Hof, this like breathing technique to where you can properly oxygenate your body, then like uh, temperatures uh, I, don't. I, I don't also have one. It's called breathing in and out. It's a good technique, Thomas. You can't tell me that in Indiana and Illinois, Flag and Ryan, that this isn't something you witnessed. Shorts in 10 degrees? T-shirts in 30 degrees. I've never been to a bus stop. But what about short people in 10 degrees? <laughs> Ryan, I believe that your kids are on spring break this week. What have you guys been up to? We've gone to. We convinced them that it's a beach, but it's really just. Um, <laughs> it, it's just this lake in Pflugerville. Sewage, a sewage. Put, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean they did a pretty good job. It's only been there for I don't know five or six years, but they brought in a bunch of beach sand and it's still there and it's there there are parts of it where it's not at all like beach sand and it's it's terrible but you can find certain patches where if you put on like one of those cones that dog wear that dogs sometimes wear to where you can only see maybe a small patch like you could think that you're at the beach or the, the kind of blinders <laughs> that you put on horses yeah yeah um, exactly. how far out into the lake is the sand not very far right uh no i don't think so i haven't gone out into the lake past you know up to my knees it's pretty cold so but you know it's spring break so really you should have been taking your kids to puerto vallarta or something like that i know spring that's break. what we were gonna do and we we're Say gonna say goodbye go. to these michael we were going to go to 6th Street every night. But <laughs> find that, uh, find the we, Girls Gone Wild yeah. bus? We didn't. Yeah, or, those were like, we just didn't get to those things this week. Puerto Vallarta, is that one of those? No. South Padre Island, is that what I'm South thinking? South Padre, yeah. The yeah. South Padre is. Yeah. And it's actually not even too far from us, but I imagine this week would have been really stupid to be it's there. It's one of those what, Thomas? One of those places? Spring break places where yeah. college kids go for spring break. Like Destin, I thought, I thought, Florida. 
I thought like you knew the locations of Girls Gone Wild. Like, like, <laughs> like well, they were there in 04 and 07, um, but they haven't been there for a while. That's um, not on the regular stop. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Girls Gone Wild bus in a in a Target parking lot years ago when I was visiting my father with my family. In a- Illinois? No, 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 no. He, oh. he, this is when he, he's retired, so he used to live part of the year in in uh, okay, in, Florida. in Florida near um, like we're Florida. Getting, the girls got a while. Like we've got all the footage we can get at the beach. Like we're going we're to Midwest. We're, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're going to Aurora, Illinois. All right. So I actually don't know what Girls Gone Wild is. Well, is it a movie? Mm, what was it? I don't you even see, remember. It was a a long time ago. TV. <laughs> had commercials and late at night they had to find things to fill that commercial time and girls gone wild would have been the commercial for girls gone wild would have been maybe every third commercial if you're watching right, you know right. some local tv station after midnight and these are videos that you could order on arrested development which is a great show that you should watch that everyone should watch they had a more appropriately named girls with low self-esteem yeah, because um, that's essentially what it is. It's they go around and they're like, "Hey, what's up your shirt?" Plays the, yeah, the <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, you're, you're you're one too." It's like, "Oh, I didn't see you at you know the last conference." Go, oh, I tell conference ten. Speaking of shows, I asked for recommendations on our last show uh, for what I should watch, and uh, I have since watched on on Jason Trash. Brackets recommendation. I have watched uh, Eulogy, the 2004 comedy. We should talk about that sometime. I also ignored all of the recommendations and I am currently watching Gilmore Girls, which is... They're uh, the worst. Which is a re- great palate cleanser after Justified. Like, you know it's bad. Like, you, you're like... Uh, no, Gilmore Girls is great. You're troll. Yes, it is. Gilmore Girls is amazing. It is It is funny. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. moves fast. The characters are great. It, it does. Who's your, who's your favorite character, Thomas? On Gilmore Girls? Obviously, yeah. Luke Danes. Luke is the guy in town who owns and runs the diner where Rory and Lorelai hang out. Anyway, you wouldn't understand. That's and who's your favorite so female character? Hat? I'm sorry? Who's your favorite female character? Lady characters? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I understand the question. <laughs> I mean, my understanding is that this is a uh, lady-driven show. Lady. It's called Gilmore Girls. Luke's Gilmore Girls. Lorelai's dad is pretty great. So I guess that makes two characters I like. Interesting. You know, you know what I think is the best part about the substandard and the sub-beacon? Transition. You know what I think is the best part about the sub-beacon and the substandard that we should bring back to this show? Is, is their show-and-tell segment where they would bring things into the studio? Sounds great. The, Let's do it. When Let's did they do, do this? When they did this? I don't know, years ago? They we made jokes about this on our show. I don't remember. What did they bring in? A boat of some sort. Board games? Oh, yeah. Board games. Different Lego things. Well, I remember the when JVL built that one Lego thing. Interior? He brought it in his car. Yeah. Are you guys into Lego? What are, do you mean? Uh, are, are, you mean still? Or as a, yeah. as a kid? <laughs> what, what are we showing and telling right now? Well... I was playing some Ricard Strauss because uh, <laughs> I wanted to change the subject from Gilmore Girls, but um, we had, I was trying to ruin that segment. We had already moved on Good to job. Lego. But it, it started too quiet, so it, I've been doing it for like two minutes. <laughs> talk over it. <laughs> uh, do you guys uh, have March Madness brackets filled in? 
Yeah, the win- I, yeah. Have the Haber winner bracket filled in. Hey, so who did uh, you guys pick to win it all? I assume Chris picked uh, the Gophers? I did not. I picked the North Carolina Tar Heels. Oh, are they supposed to be good this year? Yeah. I picked Duke. Murray State. Murray State. They, <laughs> yeah. they won yesterday. But, but does Murray State play the game right? They played the right way? They played the right way yesterday. Uh, Cincinnati is currently beating Iowa by two points. Mm, I'm watching Oklahoma and Ole Miss right now. Yeah, and, that game sucks. Let's not talk about yeah, that. Yeah, Oklahoma's up by 20. Yeah. Oklahoma's oh, that's just right. a solid program. It's a garbage. Just a solid school. I'm Who still looking the, uh, for what time IU plays today. They didn't play yesterday. We're going to have trouble finding that. If you try nittournaments.com The what? The, the NIT. NIT. Huh. Is that a different round? Sort of. Yeah. Sort of. It's known yeah. It's known as the NIT tournament. You might You might know it. No? Mm, not that I can think of. But if <laughs> I use in it, it must be... They must have gotten a, like a first and second round bye. Yeah, they just... They just inked him into the final four. <laughs> oh, well, then that makes sense why Avenue will find him. Uh, Flag, does, uh, has Skidmore ever had a good athletic program of any sort? Yeah, actually, the basketball team is quite good. They've won uh, their conference a few years, I don't know, four out of the last six, and then have gone to the um, the Division Three tournament. Well, so basketball all, is quite good. Who all is in the Liberty League? In their in that D three conference, it's um. Is Liberty University in the Liberty League? No, no it's all It's all New York, Mass. It's um. Let's see, Union, RPI, Hobart. There must be a different D three uh, conference with a similar name because I know we we played somebody once. Because uh, I mean, I went to a crappy college it's not even d3 but we played some d3 school that was in some i thought it was a liberty conference but it must not have been well but these teams like these conferences teams schools move in and out of them all the time right so yeah they change over time a little bit yeah basketball is probably the most consistently good sports team recently although i guess girls field hockey been quite good feel how's the quidditch team doing nationally (laughs) Uh, i have not kept up to date (laughs) With the Quidditch team, I have not even seen them around, so I wonder if it uh, oh. collapsed for lack of interest. Or I wonder if you discouraged them. Yeah, maybe they listened to the the podcast yeah. uh, and were shamed and, and just said, "Oh, we can't do this anymore." Didn't Jason actually go to Quidditch? Didn't Jason take apparently, his family to watch yeah, Quidditch? Yeah, he did. I didn't. I didn't click on the videos, he, but apparently he went that's to a so- he went to a soccer game. No, he went. To, actually, he went to Quidditch. Yeah, I think really. Actually, yeah. yeah. Look on his Facebook. Okay, I would do it. Iowa just took and, the lead. I think Crossley had a look yeah, on his face like I can't believe you guys brought like me here. These guys are pointer. nerds. Yeah, Crossley was embarrassed by it. Yeah, <laughs> Crossley seems so, like a hilarious kid. I like yes. it. Oh yeah. I shared on the podcast that that my this high school I went to has since closed. Um, there's just d- declining population up there in the middle of nowhere. And so it merged with really a, a local rival of ours and now has a new school. It's called Northwoods now. And uh, Northwoods, the last two years, was the state runner-up in basketball. And this year, three seed, they they won in the first round. The one seed is lost. And so, I mean, they're going to have a third shot at the title. 
They didn't win it the last two years, but I'm pretty proud of those guys. It's it's kind of cool. There's a lot of names that are familiar, like children of of. So when when I was a uh, like when I was in seventh grade, I was um, like the the coach recruited me to be the manager of the of the varsity team to kind of have me be around basketball, varsity basketball more. And um, one or two of the players in that team have kids that are on this team, and they're really talented. Yeah, right. so, so do they have uh, like do they have class state tournament? there or is it just all it's, it's by class yeah so okay. this is the class a this is the smallest school yeah when i started in high school indiana was all just one, all one. Big <laughs> tournament yeah and so like your sectional when i was a freshman our sectional draw because your sectional draw could just be random and we drew we were you know we were a single a school and we drew some 4a school yeah <laughs> and we just got we just got founded uh, but then after that, they moved to a class tournament. So we actually made it my senior year, and uh, but I was I got injured in January, so I sat there and watched my team lose by ten points in the state championship. Is high school basketball in Indiana? Is it actually like in Hoosiers? In what way? Like it's not. They wear short shorts and long socks. Does Gene now, Hackman yeah, run around Are there punching no kids? Black people. <laughs> Except for on the uh, the team from near Chicago, it was honestly it was an even bigger deal before they switched to a class uh, state tournament because you'd have sometimes just some of these small like two way yeah. schools or whatever get really deep in the tournament and it would just be crazy and it would just be like all everybody talked about. I mean, I get it like they switched to a class state tournament to give you know, the smaller schools a chance to actually like win a state tournament. And that's cool and everything, but also like just the one tournament that was, that was, that was pretty cool too. So, so, so Chris, so when you, uh, look at like, so I believe, so the reason why we're here today, why, why we have gathered or daily beloved, uh, is because we have another poem, right flag? We we do. Why no. didn't you? Why didn't you guys? I mean, do you think I can just toss the shit off in like unbelievable two hours? You tricked us into coming, getting, getting back on the show. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I have a poem. But before I read it, I want I wanted to um, kind of give our listeners a look, you know, behind the curtain and just say that this this is uh, the review process, you know, to get these poems on the podcast is is really starting to to stress me out um thomas was talking about in the in the pre-show about you know the 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 blind review process for submitting his political science uh, articles to these journals but let's um, not talk about that this uh this poetry review process is just as as strict and just as arbitrary and um i I think you guys got to start you know giving me a little more more leeway um if you want me to keep doing this because you know my my stress levels has gone up i've been to the doctor a few times um it's it's starting to get bad i mean i'll I'll just give you a few examples is that how you learned about the bristol stool scale I, yeah, I submitted. I, submitted I have. My, I have uh, told them we're going to stop with the live nude reading portion of them. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we just expect a certain level of quality, and well, I'll just let me just share this this one 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 bit of um, this the process. So when I submitted this this uh, the most recent poem, uh, I got back the following comments. Um, Chris said, "quote the the meter was infantile." <laughs> Brian said my imagery was stale, oh. and Thomas said that 
it just lacks scatological content. <laughs> Not and, enough humanity. Yeah, and and so it's you know it's just it's emotionally taxing having to go through this all the time. Such nasty criticism. You know, get get a new line of work. This poetry is boring. <laughs> so I don't know. I just I and just hope apologize to you your children. I think I said. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, could, could you tell the audience a little bit about the theme uh, of of the poem? Well, so yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and um, I'm done I'm done whining, but I just <laughs> want to encourage you to be a little bit um, kinder and gentler in the in the review process. You know, poetry is is not not something that comes easy to me. So I just wish you could show a little bit more compassion. Ka- ka- that's what she said. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this this uh, this this poem it's got a long title. Uh, so I'll I'll say the title and then and then we'll we'll read <laughs> to his absent wife, or a meditation on time and absence, or why one should always keep up to date cheese powder inventory data. And it's it's a it's a I would say it's my most ambitious poem philosophically, and so it might not appeal to to everyone. Okay, so we ready? Uh, yes. All right. Had we but Legos enough and food, this absence, lady, would be not rude. You off to Rome, me to my home office, Flash's podcast, no longer a novice. As you saunter up the Spanish steps, I'm up at four, getting in my reps. Soon G-Money wakes, the rest off to school. Cafes on the Piazza Colonna making you drool. Days blur together, kids busy as content, your hazelnut gelato surely haven't sent. Life's rhythm found, everything seems easy. Petitions you bring to an audience with the Holy Father, while I edit for hours with nary a bother. We both know (laughs) this won't last. Time's winged chariot, that shit just crashed. Phone vibrates, new text appears, school canceled, arise all fears. Before me stretches the day, hours upon hours, while Baroque towers loom and draw your earnest gaze. Here it'll be a cheese-powdered haze. Chick-fil-A beckons as we near lunch, fresh mozzarella for you to munch. My ear hurts, Daddy! Crap, here we go. <laughs> Omega online catalog? Well, hello. <laughs> With not an antibiotic in sight, you share not in my plight. Off you go for your evening stroll. It's time now for my ace in the hole. Get in the van! The Lego store awaits. Packed in are all my inmates. Arrival brings not joy, but despair. It's closed. Howls of anguish ring in the air. You hear them not. The Sistine Chapel brings forth rapture. Not a child clings to you as F-bombs flow here like wine. That third class you're enjoying, I'm sure it's fine. Days later, your plane lands. Time regains its rhythm. Amazon Prime shipped four bins of cheese powder. Your Uber rolls in, joyful screams ever louder. Thus we endured a plotting sun. Your return seems to make him run. Let's glory in your presence, express gratitude. What did you bring us, Mom? We don't mean to be rude. <laughs> Though we endured a plotting son, your return seems to make him run. 
That's it. That's all. I- <laughs> Fantastic. Any resemblance to actual persons is accidental, I should say. Um, yeah. So what was your inspiration for this poem? Um, just thinking about husbands and wives missing that's... one another and, and trying to parent. Wow, that's in the crazy. absence of like you should you should listen to the Sub Beacon podcast because because there were Wait, some what? similar stories on what there podcast? recently. Uh, don't worry about it. Well, I'll I'll text it to you. <laughs> that was the best one yet for sure. That this was on a different level. It was more philosophical, addressed more serious topics. I just appreciated that he took our notes to heart and and changes. <laughs> yeah, I tried to avoid stale imagery. I didn't oh, take that's Thomas's. Right. That's to what heart. I said. Because Thomas is just a dirty bastard, but <laughs> wow! Fact I, check: zero Pinocchios. I I I feel attacked. Chris, did we get anything in the mailbox this week? We did. Uh, I think I think Ryan. Do do you have that? We got, a, we got an email from Vic Mattis. Yeah. Do you have that, Ryan? Uh, are you gonna read it? <laughs> You're gonna read it. Why am I gonna read it? Yeah, I'll read it. Fine, I'll read it. I don't even want you to read it anymore. Um. Uh, <clears throat> Do you want me you, to read the text you, I just got from my butcher, my local butcher? Yeah, read that first. Wait, um, wait, wait. Your, Primal, your wait. local butcher, oven-ready pack, twenty nine ninety nine. One stuffed chicken breast, <laughs> ham and cheese, or asparagus and cheddar, two-pound pork roast, and bacon-wrapped meatloaf, twenty nine ninety nine. while supplies last. Reply yes to save. Expires three twenty four. Reply yes and tell us what happens. I, I thought you were saying like you have a personal relationship with your butcher who's like, hey dude, like hey, got your meat. Uh, I got this. This meat's about to go bad. I really need to get rid of it. I'll give you, you know, five five percent off. I got Ryan, the you meat. Had, you've always had a thing for the Arby's uh, outlet store. Well, yeah, I mean, you can find some really good deals there if you can. Yeah, there's not very many of them, but if you can make it out, you like that discount meat. It's really worth it. Dear SSEU Pod. I never thought this would happen to me, but this is a tr- this story is true. I was working the overnight shift in the convenience store when this total knockout came in. She was a 10, and she had a friend. Anyway, they wanted to buy beer, but they were underage. Yikes. And then she asked if there was anything they could do so that I'd look the other way. Turns out there were at least 69 things nice they could do. <laughs> There were at least 69 things they could do. Your fan, Vic Mattis. <laughs> yes, I hope you publish my letter. <laughs> wow. Iowa and uh, Cincinnati Can't... are playing a really good game. Sorry, what was that? I was just going to ask, are we going to publish it? Or are we just going to... I think we're just going to read it. Okay. I think... I think. Uh... Doesn't that count as publishing? I think so. C- Cincinnati's struggling with Iowa's press. They are, and Iowa has, I don't know if it's the same dude, but they keep sinking uh, three-pointers. Yeah. Speaking of 69s, uh, let's talk a little bit about Triple Frontier. Yikes. That, walk uh, me through that. Walk me through that one. <laughs> uh, so you've heard of the Devil's Triangle. All right, never mind. <laughs> 
There is a new movie up on Netflix, I believe last Wednesday or something along those lines, called Triple Frontier. The hosts of the show, uh, plus our esteemed guest, have decided to uh, watch this and uh, briefly talk about it. So, Ryan, you were really excited about this movie. Do you want to start us out with a big boy review? Mm, No. Let's have Chris start with the end. (laughs) Ryan, Uh, he's saying that because I did not finish it. And I requested no spoilers (laughs) and flags being an ass flag. (laughs) I'm, I'm going to spoil it very soon. Just prepare yourself. It would be spoiled. I'm sorry. What flag? I'm going to spoil you. What? Can you 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 guys hear flag? Can you guys hear flag? (laughs) We didn't do a mic check. Um, (laughs) Can you hear him? Yeah, I can hear him just fine. It might just be you. I can hear him. Yeah. Oh, we didn't. Time. We didn't. We didn't get a mic check because okay. you didn't. You didn't have time. I will check your mic. Well, he was very worried about his microphone. I just only one of them dies. <laughs> <laughs> so don't get I too know stressed that out. I, I watched son this, of a. <laughs> I think it was eight days ago that I watched this, and I know that I really wanted to talk about it the next day. But then you know, I get like uh, you know excited about things and then completely forget why. After a week, so. it's, yeah. I did take just down. I took down like a few notes. Yeah, I like. I think. I, I think I liked it, and I also. I think I hated it and liked it. Okay. Like, <laughs> okay. Okay. Let, let me let me give uh, a, a not a big boy review. Let me give a review of somebody who's watched two thirds of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's where that's where the best reviews so, always come. So there's. Uh, <laughs> It starts off with Charlie Hunnam giving a uh, a talk to a group of uh, soldiers. Uh, they may have been veterans, um, but uh, basically, you know, explaining like the evils of war and uh, what it's what you know, committing violence on other men does to you, even if it's for you know a righteous cause or anything like that. And that you know, he talked about. You know, choking some guy out in the grocery store, and um, I, he didn't really explain like what he what he did to get past that. He just, you know, I, I assume he's still doing that like every other week, <laughs> just choking people in grocery stores. But, but but he has to he has to pay a fee for it. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, then it just cuts to it cuts to Oscar Isaac in uh, a helicopter and uh, Metallica kicking in really loud, which I thought that their use of Metallica was really good. Is this a big boy review or a scene-by-scene recitation? (laughs) Um, It's a scene-by-scene... Yeah. Please please give us the Hotel Transylvania treatment of this movie. Oh, that's what Chris does. So why don't I Chris does that like every every time we tell him he gives a review. He goes Chris, scene Well, by Chris scene. is special. He can get away with it. Well, don't I don't get away with it. You harass me nonstop. Pick up where I left off then, Chris. Let's go. Yeah, but God speaks through Chris. It's different. <laughs> that's where the Transylvania review came from. Yeah, you think you're a priest all of a sudden, Ryan, that you can just do extended reviews yeah. with oh, abandon. Yeah, there, there are only two groups of there are only two groups of people that are allowed to drone on forever: priests and academics. Fair enough. Which one of those am I? So, Chris, do do you want to continue? No, I, I can't want to hear Ryan scene by scene. I don't remember what happened next. So now you have to. Take well, it. there's Metallica, yeah. and they get up the helicopter. Is this where? <laughs> 
is this where somewhere in in South America you have um, the character of Oscar Isaac and he's doing? Yeah, he's yeah. yeah. He, he goes on that drug raid and then they execute a bunch of guys. And yeah, he, he just he he went in the other room, so it was fine. <laughs> So um, so anyway, uh, what this does is it sets up that there's this drug dealer, um, Larea, um, who has a vast amount of money. It's not clear if it's fifty million, a hundred million, but he's got five million possibly. He's got a lot of money at his house. Um, so he goes back, and and so it's partly like he 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 is he and his group of friends are very skilled at what they do, and. Um, he feels like with a team of what six, that like with the right guys, they could go in and get that money. Um, and he, so he brings them down. Um, and some of it is is the fish team. They're, they're the fish team. Okay. They all have they all have fish nicknames except for Friday Night Lights. Yeah. There's uh, Red because Fly. There's Red Fly is Ben Affleck. Catfish. Uh, Ironhead. Yeah. Catfish is uh, Pablo Pascal, the pilot. Uh, Charlie Hunnam is Ironhead. And uh, Oscar Isaac was Pope. Yeah, Ben Affleck is the one that dies, Chris. <laughs> Flag, you son of a. B- <laughs> what yeah. part did you get to? Where? What? When you stopped watching it, where were they? Helicopter. Uh, the, the helicopter had just crashed. Oh, I see. Because so, like, they, they well, were in like the, the, for, the they were in the uh, simple plan part of the movie. Yeah. The the, for, the foreshadowing was clear that 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 Ben if if one was going to die, it's going to be Ben Affleck. But I'm not going to point out all the all the different foreshadowing there. But um, like the scenario is 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 quite simple. That like all these people had given their lives, put their bodies on the line for their country, and it had really gotten nothing in um, terms of of um, financial reward for it. Um, they have these beat up bodies. Ben Affleck uh, is is a, a crappy realtor, can't sell a condo to save his life, and he's fat. Um, and been shot and he's, five times. Yeah, he's been shot five times, and and so Oscar Isaac's like, listen, guys, like we can all come out of this super rich. I don't know, like from the two thirds perspective, I've seen two thirds of the movie. Um, what's interesting is that the heist takes place so early. So I don't know, like Thomas, if you have comments on like a heist movie, and maybe it's not a heist movie. Maybe the the, the last third is like I don't know, Fantasy Island or something. But like the the heist, like I'm looking at at this is something you that you wouldn't do if you're at the theater, but like watching it on on my phone. Um, I see. Oh my gosh! Like we are a, a a quarter of the way into the movie, and they're already doing the heist. Yeah, so yeah. It's, so it's the rest of the movie is much is the, the because, first the first hour of the movie is fun, and the like the second hour is kind of more dark, and it's you know. Well, but about but but they do a good and, job of building tension of it. Mm-hmm. Like like during the heist, you've got this. I've got this bad feeling about all of it. Um, about kind of the greed of it, um, about you know th- what they realize is that just there's way ben more Affleck money than they is, ever thought. And he's that, reluctant, but then once he's once just he's like in, one of, once he's, he's in, he yeah. that that switch flips, and he's yeah. full on like, no, we're not just going to take like five million dollars and hike out through the woods. He's like they didn't want to kill anybody; they didn't want to kill the guards. They only wanted to kill Araya. But as soon as Ben Affleck thinks that he's not going to get to take that van full of a hundred million dollars. He says, "No, we're gonna kill. We're just gonna kill them all. He's, count your kills. You know, call out your kills, and let's hunt and let's hunt these guys quickly. And yeah. and then like you see the like where to me the, like where it got really dark is you know they tied up all the guards, making sure yeah. you know all of them were alive. But then once they decide they're gonna kill the rest of them, you see Pablo Pascal going through the house and just like executing 
all of the guys that they tied up. Well, and and you know they're they're like we're gonna do it like in and out clean, and suddenly they're like no, like there is way more money here than we ever thought. When 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 the extraction point when they decided we're gonna be out at this point, they're like nope, we're gonna keep going. And he, Affleck was like I I put padding in there, it's fine. <laughs> and then they get in the helicopter and they're like, it's not going to be able to lift this much. And they're like, what are we going to leave? $50 million, $100 million on the runway? Which, you know, of, of course, is kind of setting up their, their, their demise. So I don't, I, I don't know what happened, but um, I found – I found I liked the casting. I, fe- I feel like the tension was pretty good um, throughout. Uh, the, the only thing the, – the only kind of critique I would have uh, of what I've seen of the movie so far – is the opening drug raid that it didn't seem to have a lot of weight to it. So Oscar Isaac has this team in place and like four of the cops get like shot in the head and die. And and it, they seem like totally weightless deaths that like no one is really affected by that. But I mean, those weren't really his guys. He was, he right, was along right. for the ride. He wasn't even yeah. supposed to be there, which is why when he fires that M203 into the room, uh, killing all the, the bad guys that had the machine guns, he hands the gun back to the police uh, officer and says, hey, nice shot. I don't think he really – I don't know how much he even – he cared about you know those guys either. Okay. Uh, Flag, what did you think about the movie? Uh, I liked it well enough. I was – I found it entertaining. Um, I guess in the end I, I wasn't – you know, it was fine, but it, it wasn't – it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. It's not the best movie I've ever seen. Um I, I kind of feel like it was a missed opportunity that there were lots of interesting things that they could have done with it. But mm-hmm. um, I, mean, Charlie I don't know. Hunnam it just definitely did not punch the air. Um, <laughs> that was a huge missed opportunity. It just left me kind of indifferent. Um, and I also I, I don't know if you guys felt this way, but the um, there just two things struck me as a little impl- implausible that you know these guys are presented, and I think we have every reason to believe as being the best at what they do and. Mm-hmm. Extremely knowledgeable yeah, and, su- if, and su- efficient. Supposedly, and, they are old uh, Delta Force soldiers. Yeah, and and so it just seems to me that they should have known better to think that they could go in and execute the plan that they conceived. The idea that you wouldn't have to kill anyone but the main drug lord seemed to me wildly implausible. Initially, of course, you're going to have to, you know, kill some people. This is a, you know, one of the most notorious drug yeah. lords you think he's just gonna have guards that are gonna surrender and not know what they're doing and then the other thing that i thought was a little ridiculous was they have this expert helicopter pilot and like the guy is gonna risk you know going going to an altitude that would cause the whole thing to crash i mean I really know. he I, doesn't i get. I, I guess that's where we're supposed to believe that greed. that's where the greed uh yeah took over because i think even though even though i agree about the plan being implausible like if they would have done like in the context of the movie if they would have just done what they said they were going to do they could have gotten out of there with only killing uh lorea well actually they couldn't find him so they may not have but once they just realized like how much money was there you know they 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 changed their plan and so um, again, I haven't finished no. it, but is it isn't the movie about greed, and how like uh like in that instant, 
everything changed. Like there was compromise after compromise after compromise. Right. But what's right. the? I guess the other thing that stuck in my head is what's the difference between? I don't know. What what did what what did they say? What did they find? Five hundred million, three hundred million, two hundred and fifty. I think. Yeah, two hundred fifty. So what's the difference between that split five ways and you know yeah, what they were that's, initially that's, going? That's the point, after. though. That's it, it, the point. Have, they would have been. They would have had been more money than they could rich. spend yeah. if they would have just done. You know, if they would have left almost all of it. I thought the first half was i guess like planning the raid and even most of the raid was was fun but then the second half it, yeah it's it's a lot darker i don't i don't know if it totally because like at one point when they are it's after the helicopters cl- crashed and they have to they killed you know a bunch of the villagers uh, you know they paid them for the deaths and they uh, they paid them for their donkeys and so they're taking these donkeys through the jungle and then um one of the guys oh my gosh are you going to i think it was i think it movie? was charlie hudham asks ben affleck like who shot first and when when Han, they shot all the Han, villagers Han shot first yeah and he says i don't know and then he says to oscar isaac we need to watch ourselves here uh oscar isaac says yeah we do and then Ben Affleck's like, what does that mean? And like they were basically saying to each other, I'm scared of Ben Affleck now. Like I think if we do something to get in his way, he might he he'd probably kill us just as easily as he mm, killed. That's those interesting. Villagers. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Uh, so so I think that I think it's an entertaining movie sort of up until the helicopter crashes and they get the donkeys. And then yeah. from that point on uh, they're trying to do their best The Hobbit impression, and there's a lot of walking and some chatting while they're doing that. And it isn't all that interesting, <laughs> especially when you get to the end with the cliche money split in the end when they're supposed to divvy it up. Yeah. Was, uh, I, I don't know. But up through the heist, through the, the helicopter crash, it's actually enjoyable to watch. So, so here's a question for you. Are there any good guys... In this movie, do they start out as good guys and turn bad because of greed? Or were they never, never good? I think it's got to be. I mean, I think it's a story of corruption. That oh, once you make that, that first compromise. Yeah, that they're, yeah. yeah I think that's right. They're, they seem utterly decent. I mean, in, and right, Ben Affleck even. Because they thought, you know, all the four besides Oscar Isaac, they went there thinking that it was like a sanctioned, you know, yeah, that's a sanctioned right. rate. That's and right. it wasn't until... After they'd been there and seen the money, the Oscar Isaac finally tells them, well, you know, actually, I'm not going to tell the the government about this. Because he, he said we get to keep, what, 25% of whatever we whatever we find. And he's just like, well, let's just do it and not tell them and keep it all. So, yeah, there were just like little little compromises all along the way for, for the other four guys. There's that interesting speech that Ben Affleck makes right before they yeah. agree to do it, where he says, "Okay, let's get some things on the table. One, we're breaking every oath we've ever taken." Right. Two, I don't remember the rest. But. I know. That, I think that was probably my favorite part of the movie too. I mean, that's like one of those. Like Ben Affleck has a few of those great speeches throughout his career. That, like in um, Goodwill Hunting, where he's like, "You know, I, I wake up hoping that you're going to be gone or oh, whatever." That's good, right? And then uh, Boiler at the beginning of or in Boiler Room when he shows up and does the Alec Baldwin speech about they like, talking about how much money I, you want know how much you want stats and he like puts his car keys out. He's like, "I drive a Ferrari," <laughs> like that's what's up. But yeah, I think that was probably my favorite part of the movie that little speech that he did. So yeah, I don't think there's any reason to suggest that they're less than honorable soldiers 
initially, but um, right. through Isaac's urging, you know, they're tempted and then corrupted. And I guess the movie shows you how easy um, it is to find yourself in a kind of Machiavellian, do whatever's necessary morality where you end up killing villagers and as far as like oscar isaac like his back we even get like a little bit of his because they they all kind of made fun of him a little bit saying kind of like making it seem like he was going down there like a true believer really going to change things and, and then somewhere along the way he got jaded and just was like okay well i might as well get some money <laughs> well but, right. I, but i also still feel like like even with the money involved oscar isaac's character pope seems to yeah so he's been there for i don't know how many years he's been yeah, i can't there, remember but he's been down there for a while he's been trying to deal with the, the, these drug lords and as we know in real life it is really hard to do so because they will new organizations will just keep popping up they are hard mm -hmm. to get the governments are corrupt and yeah. so part of the motivation for oscar isaac's character is that if you actually want to get rid of these people you, you might gotta you you gotta kill them and you might have to go outside the, the the normal structure of how things are supposed to be done. The the other thing they find out is that the reason there's so much money there is because it's not that just that one drug dealer's money. There's multiple drug dealers keeping their money there. So right. The the other thing is just like the fact that they think that they're not gonna get you know tracked down and killed later on with. You know, okay, you killed the head of one drug family, but however many more were also keeping their money there. Well, well the, I, there, I guess the other thing we haven't mentioned is there's the important connection between uh, is it Oscar Isaac and and the the woman. Right. Yeah. So he, and, I guess, he has had some sort of romantic relationship. This woman that was a kind of informant for him and wants to do right by her. You know, his and, motivations are... Yeah, it seems like he does, except for the whole thing about getting her caught up in stealing from multiple drug, <laughs> drug families. <laughs> but aren't you, aren't you glad that even though it took 10 years for the movie to finally appear before audiences, that we finally got it, was it not worth those 10 years of hassle? For, for whom? For the movie makers? For, for us. me, yeah. For, for us. me, it's fun. <laughs> I hadn't heard of this movie two weeks ago, so <laughs> it wasn't much of a wait for me. The one thing I was going to say about like the, the after the helicopter crash, and I I only heard this, I didn't notice it at the time of watching it, but I heard it on another podcast, is that I guess I do appreciate that they didn't do like a montage of them hoofing that all of those sacks of money through the mountains and everything they were just like you know they just were just there and they're just like this is this sucks and this is what it's gonna like they didn't show like a montage of them you know moving mm -hmm. for an entire day or anything it was just basically this is how long it takes and this is what you know i, I don't care remember if it was sunny that brought that up or if it was another podcast that i heard that mentioned that but i i guess i after the fact i appreciated that part i'm i'm really interested to to see what mark bowles original script actually looked like for this. The, the original script or the original collaboration was Mark Bowl and Catherine Bigelow, uh, yeah. who, uh, who uh, oh, what are the two movies? Zero Dark Thirty and uh, The Hurt Locker? Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker, Hurt Locker yeah. yeah. Yeah, and th both of those are objectively better movies than this one. And I'm, I'm interested in what their script actually looked like before mm. they left the project. Uh, it's also... Yeah, I well, don't know how much... Cause they, didn't, just I think... Didn't um, J.C. Chandor get a screenwriting credit? He essentially on... rewrote the entire thing. Okay. 
Because, I mean, I like him, too, because he, before this, he did Margin Call, that movie with Kevin Spacey and... Um, a Most Violent Year. Uh, yeah, and A Most Violent Year. I, I like that, too. I didn't like this as much as those two movies, but it, it was better than it could... I mean, it could have been, I think, really bad. I think that <laughs> one, one of the things that saved it was just... I mean, the star power that they had in it. I mean, those guys are all, like, really good actors. And they were, yeah. they're were they really good at playing these kinds of characters. And, uh, you know, I know we've kind of moved on from the from kind of the theme of greed. But I mean, what's, what's interesting about greed and what makes it kind of an intriguing topic is is in every single case of so- someone's fall from, from uh, kind of a moral fall because of greed, the self-justifying nature of, of greed. Like, uh, you tell yourself you deserve it. Um, you... Uh, well, like you know, I, I I served my country and it wasn't compensated for it. All I you know, all I got were scars and, and bullets and broken bones and and um, how easy it is to justify. They went from from trying to do this humanely to killing, yeah, just 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 randomly and yeah. and from from just a little bit of 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 wealth to to a lot of it. And and it was because they you know they felt justified. Um, to do so because they because they had suffered and and there's a lot that I think could be said about this. There are theology has a lot to say about this. Social sciences have a lot to say about this. But uh, I guess we could just kind of mention it and drive by and and kind of plant the the seed. And we've talked before about morality and and kind of the importance of of choices because like immorality just it corrupts you. It it whether it be you know uh, sorry to bring us down, guys. Well, whether whether it be an extramarital affair. Well, you know I. You know this. This you know is good for me. And suddenly, like your children are growing up without parents. Um, it's uh, sin is corrupting. Yeah, and I, I guess it's just it's it is striking. I that that aspect of the movie is very well done. How how easy it is to find yourself doing things that would have been unimaginable to you. Yeah, right? you could totally find yourself rationalizing yeah. those things. Yeah. Well, but but like the, the the added dimension is is they were <laughs> experienced. Um, at what they were doing and realized like they were able to weigh like how any deviation from the plan could mean their lives right and, and even like when they were leaving the house like one of them just cursed like that was sloppy that was so sloppy like already at that point um even though the only cost was that charlie hunnam got got shot through the side kind of a clean through and through that was the only cost but he was angered at like how like they'd compromised their entire plan where like their lives like they were still alive at that point because they had never deviated from the plan like on all right. of their missions you go in and you like you you don't let anything change that um and just a little bit of greed it totally changed it one last thing triple frontier do you know what the title of the movie refers to the three borders of is it where the uh, three countries that are right there? Yeah, Brazil, Peru, and Colombia meet. It's the, the yeah. part of the, the Amazon. Uh, speaking of uh, morality, I believe that we have uh, another Tiger Woods script. We do. We do. Um, it's been a long time since I've looked back at the uh, this script. Um, I'll just remind our listeners the... Uh, the documentary is entitled Domination and Pie, the Perkins Years, about <laughs> Tiger Woods' best years on the tour, right, when he just dominated and won his 14 majors. I didn't I didn't remember that he – last time he won a major was 2008. doesn't yeah. seem like that long ago. It doesn't, but it's – yeah, that wow. is, it's kind of crazy. 11 years. So I'll set the scene and and, uh, and then you guys can can uh, take over. So it's, it's scene 17 
We're at a Perkins, <laughs> and Tiger is uh, Tiger and his Tiger and his cat. <laughs> Go ahead. No, we're at a Perkins again. That's crazy. Yeah. I can't believe so well, much. We've never been at a Perkins in the documentary, actually. <laughs> oh, that's right. We, they we, they just talked about it. I mean, we have you're I mean, the you, only you, one who's you, you, who's you seen were, this. Yeah, seen, seen seen it so I mean, yeah, you, yeah. I, I can't believe you got yeah. your hands on this. Nobody. Right. But uh, okay. Yeah, I had to I had to pull some strings in Hollywood to get the script. <laughs> We have Tiger and Stevie Williams uh, thereafter sit, sitting at Perkins after a practice round uh, in Florida. They're eating pie, drinking coffee, just just hanging out. Okay. <clears throat> Damn, this is good pie. Tiger, you had those long irons working today, man. I'm going to need my long iron to be working later. Did you see that uh, waitress right over there? Tiger, um, l- look who's coming in. Oh, shit. <laughs> Tiger, honey, really? More pie from Perkins? I slave away making you Havreflon and Toskaka yesterday, and here you are eating this low-grade manufactured crap. I just finished some saffron's pancaka. I just don't get your Perkins vaxation. And you hilt on me of a Tiger, Tiger, how many you well, that doesn't sound like oh. it's, it ended. They got real. Or, or <laughs> God, Elon just lost it in that yeah. scene. Jeez, he was just what, eating. What? What? What was it that she was saying in Swedish there, Thomas? I, I don't. I don't. This. This is. This is a PG podcast. I don't think. I can. Okay, you can't <laughs> say. You, you can't do. Okay. No. Be a lot of bleeps. Yeah. If 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 we actually had a Swedish audience, we would probably have to bleep that. <laughs> I think Thomas missed his calling. Uh, a voice actor? I think voice actress. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. A lady actor. I I could have pulled that off. Do we have anything else that we want to talk about on today's show before we leave? Didn't you want to talk about about the casting of Triple Frontier? The ones rumored to to take part in it, uh, Sean Penn, Javier Bardem, Christian Bale, Tom Hanks. I believe Casey Affleck was in at one point. Mahershala Ali. What about Robert Redford? He would have been good. <laughs> Channing Tatum. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, during this this movie's, like, 10 years Ash, of Ashton existence. Uh, Steve Jobs. Paul, Paul uh, Newman, Robert Redford. <laughs> yeah. United. They could have done, like, a Triple Frontier um, cocoon crossover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this is... So, I guess I have one more. So, like, so the, Wilford Brimley. The, the only reason why this movie actually exists and is being shown to people is the fact that Netflix picked it up. Without, I wonder how much money they spent on it. I uh, I did read this somewhere, and it is unclear. It has a reported price tag uh, around a hundred, I think. Wow. Yeah, but yeah, but a hundred dollars, and then me, and then they can just say a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, but like it, it's somewhere around, it's somewhere around bright, which was around ninety just million. million. Um, and and so there's a Scorsese movie that's coming out. That's what? What did they say? One sixty? Uh, I think one forty, one fifty. One forty. Yeah, around there. The Irishman. Oh my gosh! Who's in that again? I... It's uh, De Niro and Pacino, I think. Two. Two great Irishmen. Yeah, it's it's the Heat <laughs> 2.0 or something. I don't know. I'm on Team JVL on this. I think Scorsese is wildly overrated. <laughs> <laughs> That's not trolling. That's just... That, okay. Uh, maybe you should try watching one of his movies. I've tried. He'll watch one when you watch Wes Anderson. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, okay. Never. I uh, like his use of music in movies, but other, I mean, it's not Honestly, I'm with you, Like, I'm not, I, I don't love good, but he, he's, you know, I'm not going to, I don't run to watch, you know, his next movie. And in fact, there are many of his movies I haven't seen. And my favorite is his least, my favorite of his is, my, is his least violent one. Which one? Kind of uh, Age of Innocence, okay. based on a fantastic Edith Wharton novel. Hmm. I haven't seen that in a long time. I thought it was Patience. <laughs> Okay, I don't know. I, 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 I think I think you're wrong, but that's a discussion for another episode. We are. Who's wrong? Uh, can I? Uh, all of you. Thomas, can I do a a limerick? <laughs> yes. I have a limerick. <laughs> limerick, I, limerick, Jonah. Go on. Yeah, I was afraid that 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 uh, first poem was so highbrow that I'd better give the masses <laughs> what they want. <laughs> all right. Hey, have you heard of Mike Hunt? Brother of Bonnie, Shay asked, perhaps just a runt. Then Shay said it aloud, thankfully not in a crowd. Oh my god, I just said the word And on that note, that's the end of episode 29 of the SSEU podcast. Flag, thank you. Flag. Uh, Flag. I'm just glad I can be part of such an important, serious, <laughs> thoughtful podcast. Flag, now do black. <laughs> oh, God. We're, we're leaving now. <laughs> good, yeah. good night. Good evening, everyone. Now. No, really, not it. Shaking. I don't know why. I don't know why I couldn't get through that without shaking. What's wrong with me? Are Are you still ill? Do you still have the plague? I think so. I, I've been taking. I've been getting uh, Tamiflu. Still taking Tamiflu? Take, yeah, I've just been taking it for three weeks straight. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably good for you. With, with us. 
I mean, if it kills the flu and keeps you healthy during the flu, well, think of what it could do when you don't have the flu. Keep you super healthy. <laughs> that is definitely how medicine works. Yeah, I, I take weekly chemo whether I need it or not. <laughs> um. Hello, my name is Robert Pinsky, former Poet Laureate of the United States. Welcome to the American Academy of Arts and Letters, where we've convened a special ceremony to recognize the work of an outstanding poet who has just burst on the scene and taken the poetry world by storm. He's known for such poems as Dreaming of Beaver Nugs and Chiffy Lube and Megathread Christmas. Flag Taylor, please come up to the podium and be recognized. Dad, Dad, wake up. You passed out watching the tournament. Ew, Dad, you beaver nugget. Crackers all over your chest. Dad, put your pants on. God. 